Welcome back to another edition of All Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Oh, man, a victory Monday. It tastes so sweet. The Longhorns getting a big win over the Baylor Bears uh, to cap off a season. We'll get into it, talk about 8-4, and four, what it means. All right, if it is a successful season or if it's a disappointing season, we'll get into all of that and more. We also got the uh, breakdown from Sark himself, your Monday press conference. You heard it live right here on 104.9 The Horn. We'll get to some audio of the head coach coming up here momentarily. Oh, yes. And the rumors, the conjecture, the rumor mill swirling about the transfer portal and what Longhorns could be in and out of the transfer portal. We'll get to that and talk about it. Also, bold projections. So we'll go behind the burnt orange curtain. Spent a lot of time there as well. Coaching carousel. Oh, it's a spinning. We'll get into it. A ton of uh, coaching vacancies in college football. We'll get into it and break it down. we got the flex at 345. Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? Got another big win in the division over the Giants. We'll talk about it. Texans, well, the Texans do what the Texans do. All right, they lose. That's all right. They're tanking, so that keeps them in the number one spot for the draft. We'll also got an NFL Week 12 review. We'll get into that and break it down. Before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 acres and chase his dream in the cheese. Pimping ain't easy. But for this man, it's a breeze. He is Mike Hardball Harge. What's going on, brother? I love when you say Victory Mondays. That mm-hmm. means that a lot of teams got the victory. Yeah. And you can even say that the Texans won because they lost because they are still in the number one slot. That's right, baby. So you got to look at it as a victory. <laughs> even when we lose, we win. There you go. Well, let like me that. talk about my crew right here. He hails from H-Town with the get down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card-carrying member of DBU. Legendary Longhorn Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments. But he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours, Rob Abels. I appreciate the intro as always. And yes, the full Monty is together. Uh, let's not waste any time introducing the real MVP. He's the idillionaire, one of the hardest working members of the ARN family. The man's got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid, but we damn sure know he's underpaid. He is Patrick Davis. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. Another week. Ready to hit it. Yeah, that's uh, your Raiders? How'd they do? Uh, you not you not remember the Raiders winning? Yeah, oh, eighty six yard walk off touchdown. Hey, in I don't, I don't, I, I, he walk them out. Walk them out. It was like victory Monday. Hey, <laughs> give you the stage too. Man, the Raiders. Just ruining the, the Raiders. Raiders. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll get yeah, we'll get into some NFL breakdown uh, coming up in the top of the four o'clock. We'll talk some Cowboys and also uh, try to do a little NFL whip around if we have some time there. All right, gentlemen, let's start with uh, Texas beating the Baylor Bears. We're from Steve Sarkeesian. He had his Monday press conference. Thanks to my man. Uh, Patrick working hard for us. We do have audio from the post game and also from his Monday presser. So we'll try to play as much of that as we can from the head coach. Uh, but open it up initially to get your thoughts about things, guys. Harch, you up first. What were your thoughts about how everything worked out? How it played out throughout the game? Uh, it was uh, it was it was interesting to say the least. Uh, and again, maybe Sark just wanted to make it interesting. Uh, but you know, it, it, they obviously put the exclamation mark on the season with the run game, their best player and their best leader closing out the game for them with Rojo and Bijan. Uh, that's that's what we had all been talking about. That's what we wanted. That's what we expected. It took a roundabout way to get there. Wow. I mean, there were some challenges that were Didn't presented go? to this team. Yeah. But in true Texas fashion, they giveth and they taketh away, and they took it away from the Baylor Bears. They gave it to the man 
with the plan in Bijan Robinson and obviously Rojo with his uh, stellar performance as well as he's getting ready to make that move. That hurdle was something to uh, – that was, that was, that was nice. beautiful. Yeah. That was picturesque. And mm-hmm. I saw on Twitter right after that uh, somebody posted a picture of it and then Eric Metcalf has a picture like that, wearing the number two, I jumping this. over I Baylor I saw Bears. that tweeted out. I, yeah, I saw it on <laughs> my timeline. That, that was cold-blooded. Nice. That was cold-blooded. I didn't know why it was tweeted out, but yeah. I didn't see that. Okay. Yeah, because it was Baylor Bears. Somebody well. needs to paint that for Rojo. Oh, I'm sure for somebody's sure. got a really good picture, and there are a lot of great artists in the Longhorn community. Somebody needs to paint that of that view of him coming right toward the end zone there. Right. Uh, and it was uh, symbolic. I mean, Rojo Absolutely. on senior day, he's the one to cap it off with that big touchdown to seal the victory for Texas. Uh, for me, I thought it, you know, Sark almost got lost a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> just a little just, bit. Just a tad. Um, uh, you know, early on in the game, first half, I believe Bijan has what seven touches in the mm-hmm. first half, uh, and Texas. In if you look at the first three quarters of the game, the Longhorns, I think, had twenty three rushes. Uh, something like that total for 77 yards. Yeah. They obviously in the fourth quarter we'll get to it. Talk about a a, a a wholehearted commitment to the running game. But what I thought was interesting that is that Sark almost needed to be reminded to play complementary football. Correct. I saw that. It wasn't that they weren't moving the football, throwing the ball. They were. They 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 made plays uh, throwing mm-hmm. the football. Quinn mm-hmm. Ewers actually. Aside from some, you know, obviously untimely mistakes. Correct. All right. It's considered disastrous at times. He he didn't have a terrible game. I mean, he actually was 12 of 16, 194 yards. He had the rushing touchdown. Shout out to Harch. Yep. But uh, broke tendency. Hey, you what'd been, you, you say? You've been talking about it, like, come about on, it forever. Man. Come on, man. Let come the man on. run. Let him run. You know Sark told him on that zone read, just keep it. And right. I guarantee you, there's no way. You haven't kept it all year long. Not at all. Nobody is expecting <laughs> you to keep it. They all. Everybody has been told it's going to be John or going to whoever the running back was. He kept it, and it was a wide open lane. It's, it's, it, yeah. it was so beautiful to see. It was. It was like, oh, look at that. You yeah. actually posed the threat, and you got into pay dirt. It was beautiful. I mean, that was perfect time, perfect timing of it. But you know as well Mm -hmm. as I do, that is something that now Sark is like, should we have done that a little bit more? Should we have tried that every well, once he, in a while? Not, in, not forever. We well, had the injury early yeah, on, so I yeah. understand why. I, I get why not. But uh, no, you started running to your to your credit. Yep. You said it. He started scrambling more the last couple of games in the season. Yeah. You saw him, you know, and they were they were. We very, don't need you to take it all the time, bro. Yeah, just, just let them know. One hey, or two. I can get us a first down yeah. and keep the drive going. I, yeah, I That's thought about you <laughs> when he kept it. I was like, man, my man Hard's been saying, just let him keep man. it one time, and they did. Um, but what I thought was interesting that Sark had to. Kind of come back to the complimentary football. Like I said, they were they, they were making plays yeah. in the passing game, but disastrous things kept happening. Correct. It was almost was that great quote from DKR, the late great DKR, that when you throw the ball, three things can three happen, things and two of them happen. are bad. <laughs> yeah. And obviously, there are more than three outcomes of throwing the football. But right. uh, to his point, most of them actually work against you. Correct. Correct. <laughs> right? Unless the execution. Is flawless. Is on point. There yeah. you go. Yep. And for Sark, like, yeah, some there were some big plays to be had in the passing game, but then you have the safety, all right, mm-hmm. the intentional grounding by Quinn Ewers, just not recognizing where his check down is and where his outlet's going to be. You can throw it his foot, whatever. He's kind of panicked there. Uh, young quarterback, <laughs> yep, yep, it happens, yep, all right. It happens. Um, uh, the Jay Wood fumble. How often does that happen? 
dude Very down there, Jay Witt, uh, ends up fumbling. Uh, the sacks, I mean, you had four. Uh, Quinn Ewers had been sacked, I think, four times the entire season, and he got sacked four times in the first in half, the first half yeah. of that game. Yeah. And some of those were on him. You know, I mean, you can get rid of the ball. There are things you can do. To your point, you can try to scramble, make some plays. So yep. some of that was on him. Um, and then, of course, later on in the game, you did have the strip sack uh, that ended up being returned for a touchdown. So, yeah, look at Quinn Ewers' stat line, 12-16, 194 yards. You go, oh, man, that's actually not bad. One rushing touchdown. But if you watch the game, you go, man, you were taking unnecessary right, risks right. with the passing game. You were working harder, not smarter. And I think at one point after the strip sack specifically, that's when Sark decided, you know what? Hey, man, I'm going to hand this to ball off to I'm, my I'm running going, back. <laughs> I'm going to slather this thing in Bijan. After, after that strip sack, oh, sorry, one thing uh, real quick, Patrick, before you go. Uh, after that strip sack, Texas ran 24 plays. They were all run plays. Yup. 14 to Bijan. Yep. Sorry, go ahead. Pat. Yeah, and not only that, you're also going, hey, man, we put our offense, we put our defense on the bench for two and a half minutes of game time and then threw them back out there for a third to play drive or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. you're basically letting your defense just get killed because they're going to have to keep going, and that's why Baylor can go for it on fourth down and think they can get it because your defense is tired. They yep. took the Jory McGuire recipe, and they were, yep. and they were four or five, but in and, and Texas in the first half, to Patrick's point, they were overexposed. Yep. Because they was out there you're, too a big long. Time, you're a big yep. time of possession guy, hard. Yeah. They were out there too long. They were overexposed, and Baylor kept keeping drives alive and kept the Texas offense off the field. And it took Sark probably two and a half quarters to figure out, nah, man, you know what? No, no, no. Complimentary football. Yep. Let's run the rock, keep our defense fresh, keep them off the field, and then we can just dominate this game running the football. Yeah, I'm sitting here looking at the time of possession to your point. 33 minutes, 24 seconds for Baylor. Nine minutes in the first quarter, nine minutes and 40 seconds. In the second quarter, they had it for 11 minutes and 21 seconds. <laughs> to your point, Patrick. They're like, they were gassed. Let's go for it on fourth down because yeah, they have no energy. There was yeah. a point where it was like 16 to four, and we're up. Yeah. Exactly. And so you're sitting there going, like, I get we're up, but you keep, this is not sustainable. Correct. And I mean, Sark talked about it today, but yeah, the thing you're like, this is how you lose games in the fourth quarter. Yep. This is how you is lose games like, because your defense is just done by yep. the fourth quarter because you've been playing on defense, you know, 70 plays. <laughs> exactly. That's no, too many plays. It was, uh, no, like I said, eight. I'm glad that it wasn't too late, right? right. If he waited, yeah. if he waited one more drive to oh, yeah. to to, to, co- to hardly commit oh, yeah. themselves to the run and slather this thing in in Bijan gratuitous amounts, it would have it might have been too late. Baylor might have scored had another score because Baylor was actually up when Texas made that decision to start the fourth quarter um, to run the football. Mm-hmm. I believe it was yeah Baylor was up twenty seven twenty four at that. And point. that's when everything just said, all right, let's go. He abandoned the pass. Yes, he was like, nope. What does it take for Sark to abandon the pass? Think about that. It took that. It took that. He had to go against his. It was like it was like the ghost of BKR came down (laughs) and was like whispering to Sark, like, no, 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 man. You need to run the rock. And Sark's like, what? What? Who is this talking to? The ghost of uh, of DKR came because he never abandons the pass like that. But it was that one drive that he came down on where they played hurry up basically and just kept running the ball with Rojo. Yep. And it was that one where they went, oh, we have a systematic advantage because they subbed out their defensive, like their defensive line's not in. The run defense isn't in. So we can just run the ball on them. And as long as we play hurry up and don't sub, they can't sub in their D line. And we'll just go and walk it right down the field on them. Yeah. And when he realized he could do that, you saw it click in his brain and just go, oh, but yeah. that's the thing. been doing this forever. But that's the thing. They could have done that to start the game. I right. know. You could have done that to start the season. Yeah, I agree with you. I know that. you had to work in the young O line, but literally my 2022 motto was put some Bijan on it. Yep. Just right. gratuitous right. 
copious amounts of it, just to the point where it's just, you know, just, just slathered in the stuff. And he didn't really do that until later on in the season. It right. was like, you know what? I, so it's my, my point is this. It took, it's, ta- it's taken Sark a little too long. And like I said, he's done a good job because you found a way to win the game. That's all we ask. That was a second half adjustment. That's also growth for Sark, right. adjusting in the second half and out coaching Dave Aranda, a really good coach on the other side. So I, I love that. But it took them way too long to figure out what the identity of this offense was. Yeah. When everybody else That's knew fair. It. Everybody's like, what That's do you mean fair. the identity of it? It's Bijan and then, you know, put some Bijan on it with a side of Rojo. That's the identity of the offense. And I think for a while, he got a little enamored with Quinn Ewers and that golden arm. We and all started did. thinking, you know, Ooh, this, briefly. Like, this offense is going to be, it's going to be so multiple. We're going to be no. able to throw it. We're going to be able to run it. And it's like, whoa, slow down. Right. Just give it to Bijan and make it simple. And I think that's probably where Texas got a little lost during the season. Think about TCU. Yep. That's exactly what I, mean, I was. That was that was the thought a, that's that I was main, going to with that's TCU. That's a great example. It's like, well, how, how'd you, how did Bijan get lost in the game plan when you right. forgot to give it to the best player on either side of the field? Sometimes but, people get caught up with looking across the field as opposed to looking what's behind them. Sometimes you know yeah, what I'm saying. I, I, yeah. I could believe too at halftime that Rojo and Bijan could have both said, "Hey, man, this is our last game in DKR. You better give <laughs> us the damn ball. Yeah. We will go win you this game, coach." But if you put it in a freshman and you put it in sophomore and you put it in their hands and not us Come on. who have carried this team, Come on, right. put it put the ball in our hands, I will go. We'll get every offensive lineman a bonus when we get our signing bonus in the NFL. <laughs> we'll take care of everybody. Yeah. But you give us the ball because this is probably our last game in this building. I think that's yeah. what DKR, the, that's the, what the ghost of whispering. DKR whispered to him. He's like, hey, man. It's the last game for Bijan. <laughs> forget about that. Last game hey, for Steve. Rojo. Last hey, game Steve. for Bijan. Both of them. Yeah. Both yeah. yeah. side in the quarter locker room. <laughs> well, Give yeah. us the ball. Well, well, no, you I know the other that, thing right? too. That Unfortunately, I re- that's a sad part. You're right. The other thing that I really enjoyed was watching the growth of this this offensive line. You know, because in that situation, they had to become the bearers of this. They had to go in there and execute because. If he if if they're not executing with the blocking assignments, Agreed. he's not going to give them the ball because he's realizing, uh oh, I got to go do something else because my offensive line is getting beat. We talked about this at the very beginning of the season. The two strengths of Baylor was the offensive and defensive line, mm-hmm. and the Texas offensive line went out there and did their job. Yes, were there some busted assignments? Yes, they happened all over the all over the place, and we got a chance to see it all over college football this past weekend. People are going to bust assignments. But you keep giving them that opportunity to rectify that, mm-hmm. and that's what that offensive line did. They started pushing around that Baylor defense, and I couldn't be more proud of those young kids. Yeah, no, you're right about that. And they, they, they really had a lot of faith in those young guys. I mean, they yep. lost a starter yep. um, early on. Hudson. Uh, Cole Hudson yep. went down with an injury, and uh, Campbell came in, and uh, there were some moments, obviously. Ups, yeah. Uh, lapses, I yep. think, in focus for him, but he, down the stretch, there's no question about it, uh, Texas imposed their will. Yeah, um, and they they on on a Baylor team that usually can not only you know win you know their fair share at the line of scrimmage, but oftentimes they dominate the line of scrimmage like we talked about. That's their strength. And Texas down the stretch, and I, I saw the stat I pointed out too before the game. If you go look at those uh, Baylor teams this season, they actually have their or average their their most yards per rush in the fourth quarter. Correct. Because they wear teams down right, throughout the back, fourth quarter. Yep. And that was not the case uh, against Texas. Texas was able to wear Baylor down in the fourth quarter on both sides of the ball. So I think for Texas, they lost a couple of games this year, and, and we'll hear from Sark talking about coming to disappointment because now looking back, reflecting on the season, you can't help but think, man, Texas could have been <laughs> – 
You know what I mean? Like they yeah, could have, would have, they yeah. could have been, or they yeah. should have been. Yeah. They probably should be ten and two. Yeah, but they could be you know, eleven, 11 win and team. one. Yeah, they yeah. could be eleven or, and one. Oh yeah, something yeah. like that. Or I even agree. undefeated potentially, right? Because they're all the games they lost were close. TCU, yep. Alabama, very fair, and then. The, Tech and Oklahoma State, you were better than those teams. Now looking back, you know it. And That's look, why it hurts. And, it hurts. Because now get, looking back, you know you were better. Oklahoma State, they are that that yeah, program right now is yeah. disintegrating. Yes, like toward the end of the season, and and Texas was the start of it. And now looking back, we know that oh that was, that was the beginning right. of their downfall this season. And we just let it slip through and, our hands. And Texas, yeah, you were yeah. supposed to be the first one to you deliver the beatdown. Exactly. Down. So everyone else could have <laughs> taken that approach and said. Oh, thank you for showing us that. Now we're about to use it, and we're going to win on the way out. Yeah. So that was very impressive. But I'm going to go back to what we were just talking about, the time of possession. In the second quarter, Baylor had it for 11 minutes and 21 seconds. Texas, in the fourth quarter, back to your point, where they would normally be stronger, Texas dominated the ball for 11 minutes and 54 seconds. That is how they decided we're going to start smashing you in the face, and I'm giving it to my running backs, and that's how this game was won in that fourth quarter. Unbelievable. RTDB? There it is, baby. Run the damn ball. Give it to me. Uh, <laughs> I love this texture here with some random uh, rumor conjecture. He says, it wasn't Sark that changed his mind on his own. After that strip sack fumble, uh, Ch- Coach Choice went up to Sark and said something to him. I'm assuming we have the best running back in, damn running back in the country. Run the damn ball. I only saw it on a live feed on Friday, yep. not the LHM replay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I didn't see. I, I wasn't watching Lafayette. I actually did see Lafayette. I, I was watching say, it then, you though. back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I, I'll admit I didn't see that. But, hey. Deshaun Choice that, always looked mad on that sideline. Like I would not doubt he does have that. He does have testicular fortitude <laughs> he does. to go up to the coach. But, yeah, I, 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 listen, we'll give Sark a ton of credit. We don't know what happened. Ghost to DKR. <laughs> we don't know if it was Coach Choice went up to him. We have no idea. choice know, words. Uh, to Patrick's boy, it could have been Bijan and Rojo at halftime. Like, bro, coach, coach, what, what are you doing here? Yeah. This is my last game. All right, I don't care about being in the doghouse. This is my last game. Yep. Give me the damn I'm ball. I'm up out of here. All right, yeah. Right? Then if you know we lose this game, and then it, it, it's because we didn't give the best running back in college football the ball and Correct. your best leader the, the football. That would be an indictment on the head coach. Well, and then I mean, there was this whole thing with Siaka Ika not really playing much, and you go, well, he's kind of supposed to be their whole run defense. He didn't stopper, play in the first half really. And didn't at play all. when we couldn't run the ball, and then yeah. he came in in the second half. And then we ran the ball. He was yeah. a little hurt. He was, he was something's up with him. I don't but know what it is because he there was something involved in he, that where he, I think yeah. they figured out something with him. He does, and not, they were like, "Oh, we can run right at him, and he can't stop us." He, right. he wasn't explosive though. Something's yeah. he had no BGO really. Go go back and watch. Yeah, him. But that's what I think there was something because it was there was that one drive where they were like, "We keep him on the field," and they played hurry up, mm-hmm. and that was <clears> you could tell it's hurry because they kept Rojo in. Yeah, because normally you'd sub Bijan and out, but there was no subs. They just were like go go run the ball, and then it wasn't until. Uh, they get the review on the goal line play where Baylor can switch up their defense, and you saw a little bit better of a run defense on that last play on the touchdown that Rojo got. But that was where you saw them just that click of like, oh, no, no, but Baylor doesn't have the depth that if they sub somebody out of this D-line, we can dominate them yeah. pretty easily. Our, O-li- our starting O-line is better than their backup D-line by a mile. Yeah. No, it, it, yeah, Siaki. That's going to get better, too. Yeah, I don't know exactly what was going on with him, but he didn't play really in the first half at all. And in the second half, when he did play, uh, it it wasn't, he wasn't an impact player for him. No. So he's dealing with an injury of some sort. Nobody really knows exactly what it is. Um, But getting to the Texas defense, to give them a ton of credit, uh, first half, obviously, they had their struggles in the first half. And Blake Shapin, to his credit, he was delivering. 
on some money throws, on money downs in the first half. 12 of 20, 153 yards, two touchdowns in the first half. Second half, Texas adjusted, and it was yeah. a hell of an adjustment. He was only 6 of 16 for 26 yards and did have their interception. Uh, you go look at the Texas defense in the second half. On 30 plays, they allowed only 56 yards. Uh, four in the fourth quarter. Four in the fourth quarter. That is crazy. Yeah. One health to one, uh, one of eight on third downs in the second half. I know that. I know that when you look at their yards per play uh, for the entire game, three point seven yards on the ground, average play. That is. That means that that defense came to to suffocate them. They were suffocating them on that defensive side of the ball, and it goes back to what we've been talking about. A lot of these older players were like. This is my last game at home. You, Rod, you was out there. You played in a game where it's like, it's the last time I'm going to take the field at DKR, man. Mm-hmm. I got to go out here and show something. I'm going to show out for a while. All these people keep coming out here cheering for me. I'm going to show them something. And that's what those older guys decided to do, and the true leaders decided to come out there and play. When you can, as a defense, you can have them 2.6 yards per rush during the game, and then their average completion was 9.9. That still ain't a first down total of 3.7 yards in the game for their average play call. <laughs> you did something. Yeah. That's rare, bro. 101 net yards rushing for Baylor was the season low for them. Um, and, you know, coming off a dominant performance, uh, your rush defense versus the Kansas Jayhawks. And going back to, you know, my point that I think it took the Texas coaches a little too long to figure out the identity of the team. The identity of this team is you're a great, you're a great rushing team because you got the best backfield, talent, most talented backfield in college football, mm-hmm. uh, and a really young uh, but talented O-line. And and they're huge, right? Big humans, as Kyle Flood likes to say. Yep. And on defense, because of your interior D-line, the guts of your D-line and the, the experience, and you go five deep, the, how talented it is, you actually have the uh, one of the better rush defenses in the country. And that should have been how you built everything. You mm-hmm. lost at Oklahoma State game because you didn't believe in your rush defense enough. I said it time and time again. You should have you should have been able to stop the rush uh the rushing game of Oklahoma State because it was abysmal. Right. All right. With a light box, which you could because your defensive line has been that good and then devote numbers and allocate resources to stop the passing game in the three spots where they were killing you. Wide receiver screens, slant routes, and those bubbles, <clears throat> those bubble routes or those swing screens for the running backs. And it was something simple, but, man, that's the win that would have had you in the Big 12 title game. Like That's the difference. Like, that's right. that's right. what we're looking at now. It's, and I think that's what Sark will be looking at, too. As a matter of fact, uh, let's hear from Sark. Uh, here is uh, – we got Sark from his Monday press conference here. Uh, he talked about moving forward, um, and that's exactly what he's trying to do, move this team forward to a being a championship contender. Here is Sark from earlier today. And in the end, you know, I think there's a lot for this team to be proud of coming through it. Um, somebody just – told me a stat, this is the second time I think in the last nine years Texas has won eight regular season games. So we're, we're moving in the right direction comparatively of where we were a year ago. Um, it's natural to look at a couple of the ball games to say shoulda, coulda, woulda, and what this thing would look like now. Um, but in the end, it's man, we, we've got to look at areas for where we did grow and be proud of that, and then also look at the areas for where we can improve uh, and moving forward. So. We'll find out our fate uh, as it pertains to um, the bowl game. Um, I think we've got a good plan for that in some recovery, um, obviously academics here over the next couple weeks of, of how important that is as we close out the semester. 
uh, and then get ourselves to play in the bowl game and what that all is going to look like. So there's a lot of moving parts here this month, uh, but in the end, you know, keeping the keeping the focus on what this team has accomplished, what some of these players have has accomplished. I'm I'm proud of them for that. So. All right, let's start talking about moving forward. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to be proud of with this group. Um, no question. The improvement has been phenomenal, and it's been at almost every level and uh, every phase, every position group. Hard to see a ton of reg- you know a, a regression. It's just nothing but progression, nothing but uh, development across the board. Got to give the coaches a ton of credit for that. Uh, no doubt about it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think he said it, it's natural. So yeah. look back now and go, man, had that one that one got away. Yeah, that, one that, of those. That one, that two. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. you're sitting there and you're looking at all of those games. Because let's not forget, every one of those games you had a lead in. So that's the other part of that too. You had a lead in mm-hmm. those games that you you end up losing. So, and some of them are double digits. So you're sitting there and you're like, ah, oh, we got let that one get away. We let that mm-hmm. one. And a lot of it had to do with maturity. It was. Even him, as you were just talking about, not realizing that we don't have to continue to throw the ball when we got this Maserati in the backfield. Mm. We can find a way to get him involved. You brought up the TCU game. There's so many moments that you could sit here and say, we're 8-4. and four. Is this an improvement? Absolutely it's an improvement. You brought up the fact, if you look mm. at each position, how they got better. Mm-hmm. I believe in that. I saw it. But you still let's let's be honest about it. We all predicted eight and four. We thought eight and four was a reasonable number, but we didn't know what eight and four was going to look like. Yeah. Getting there. Yeah. So we said, and it sounds good, oh yeah, that's an improvement. But you look at those moments and you're like, nine and three, ten and two, eleven and one. Opportunities that were missed, or they could have went the other way too. Could have went the and other then way. we could be having a totally different lost, conversation. Could have found, lost the yeah. out-of-state game. Yeah. I mean, that could easily happen. Yeah, guys and it was headed that stretch, way. <laughs> yeah. Down the stretch. Yeah. Uh, if not for Jalen Ford, hell, yeah. you, probably, you might be a five-win team. Jalen Ford's individual development. I mean, Jalen Ford, you're talking about guys. Oh, my gosh. Out-of-state game. He yes. gets the clutch interception uh, in the end and zone, but also the fumble recovery fumble at the recovery. end. Yep. K-State, he gets the fumble recovery, uh, but then the interception at half, which was big to yep. give Texas yep. uh, a chance to score again before the half, and then the Baylor interception. Yeah, dude, I mean, ball, four interceptions this year. Un- but, but three of them have been clutch. Oh, yeah, it's like, not just an interception at the beginning of the game. Three of them have or... been almost, game, almost yes. game-defining interceptions, yes. game-defining moments. Yes, I, I couldn't agree more with that. I mean, Every time, every week, you and I are coming in here. I'm like, you see that dude, man? He's just making plays. He's always around the ball. And remember, he didn't do anything in game one. And yeah. we talk about week to week improvement. He's an example of week to week improvement. He's the biggest example of exactly. week to week improvement. He is. There's no better example. And of by the way, he just turned 21 today. I saw his mom tweet out, "Happy birthday to my baby." So he just turned 21 today. He he had a, he has 109 combined tackles, the most since Jordan Hicks in 2014 with 147. First player since 2000, so in 20 plus years, to have at least triple digit tackles and double digit tackles for loss, and four interceptions and three forced fumbles in a single season, mm-hmm. and he still got a bowl game to go. He also yeah. has two sacks, uh, four interceptions by the way, tied with Derek Johnson for the most by a Texas linebacker in a season. He is having an unbelievable. He's, he, he's if he's not defensive player of the year in the There's Big a 12. Problem. I don't know who. I don't know how you can justify anybody else over him. You can't. You can't because the numbers. If you if you just went by the list, 
Yeah. That what embodies a player of the year? Just playmaking. He's right there. He's second in the conference in tackles, in interceptions, top 10 in tackles for loss, and leads the Big 12 in forced fumbles. Come on, man. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you impact. That's else. impact, right? Yeah. I, I think, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, usually I don't put on the Homer glasses, but uh, I, I would for Jalen. Hey, right there. There was some starter shades right there you man, got on, dog. Put I just don't see how. I, I'm, I'm going to look around. I'm sure there are some other good players, but man, tell me they made as many clutch plays as that guy. Texas, like Very said, few. Texas got eight wins, they got yep. six. Five maybe if Jalen <laughs> Ford ain't balling out. Right. Um, okay. Let's and yes, up. I do know that he drives the Lamborghini, not the Maserati. <laughs> Harsh knows that. Harsh knows everything about it. Uh, all right. Uh, we'll get some more of that Sark sound uh, a little bit later on, um, and we'll also get to rumors about transfer portal. So, as a matter of fact, Sark was asked about the transfer yep. portal. Yep. I love these questions now. Yep. Oh. These are just regular questions. These yep. are usually things that uh, members of the media would tiptoe around. No, no tiptoe. No, not no Just more. Ask you about. It, I mean, because it's all out there. Wow. So it's not like we got you got to dig it up too much. It's New like, era. hey man, look, I saw it in the paper today. New era. I saw what? it on the social media today. It's crazy. Let's talk about it. Uh, so we will. We'll <laughs> talk about that uh, transfer portal rumors. Hear more from Sark. Uh, got bold projections. All that coming up. Top of the five o'clock. Talking more Texas football. Coming up next. Coaching uh, carousel Oy. starting in college football. Why hasn't this man been hired yet? Uh, we'll get to that coming up here right here on Ball Don't Lie. One four nine. Smooth Soul Monday right here on Ball Don't Lie. I I think I feel Patrick on this one. The thrill is gone. The season's gone. The season's gone, man. season's gone. It ain't over. Just that day. It ain't over. We it got, ain't over. We got one more left, but that, you know, that's an exhibition, I know exactly. Man. I said, bowl games are exhibitions. It ain't the same. Y'all know it ain't the same. You know what I mean? It's B-John never the same. B-John might not even be playing. Oh, uh, ain't, no, ain't, ain't no man. Rojo ain't no might man. not even be playing. Them, if them dudes walk out there, I'm going over there and tell them. <laughs> man, if you don't get yourself off this dog, get, on out here. Yo, get, get yourself up out of here, get boy. Get on out here and go get some money. Go man. get your paper, man. He's getting some paper here, but. Yeah, but come on, keep it I, moving. I think we all want to see Bijan playing at the next level. No uh, doubt about it. And uh, yeah, so. But that, uh, I, I get my man Patrick on that. Smooth So Mondays. I felt you on that one, Patrick. Yeah, the thrill is gone. It, it goes by so fast. It does. I, I was talking about it at Bebo Boulevard. We flies were by. sitting there talking to some friends, and Sad. I was like, you know, we've been sitting here excited about football season and just like that it's mm. gone and the problem is it takes forever to get back mm-hmm. that's true that's the sport that takes forever to get back college football takes a little while to get back that's why you need to expand the playoffs at least you'll get a little bit well, more. yeah we'll get it every week you get yeah. that added playoff you get yeah. like three four more weeks of it so that'd be pretty good but uh all right let's get to well so speaking of the thrill being gone for some of these coaches man, the thrill gone, is man. definitely gone uh because the coaching carousel has begun and uh gentlemen it is uh it is moving at a rapid speed right now 16 uh sorry uh, at this point actually take that back you at 29 total. Uh, sorry, 16 head coach changes right now. Yep. You had 29 last year. I take that back. So 29 yep. total last year. You got 16 currently, but of course, you know, there are still things being sorted out. That's at the FBS level. And the most, uh, some of the most prominent names that have been mentioned, um, some of these have already been announced and have been actually uh, confirmed by the schools and the programs. Luke Fickle to yep. Wisconsin. Uh, that is a done deal. Yep. 
Dundee Harris, Luke Fickle to Wisconsin. Remember, he is, uh, you know, he's from uh, Ohio. Yes. He's from there. Remember, he went to university, uh, went to Ohio State, excuse me, and he was actually there as a player, and he was there as a coach for like 15 years or something like that, too. Uh, but looks like Luke Fickle deciding to uh, leave the friendly state confines of Ohio, where he's done a great job there at the University of Cincinnati Man. and done a phenomenal job there. Uh, had 13-0 and season last year, took him to the college football playoff. They're 9-3 this year, 6-2 and in the AAC, um, but he looks to be moving on to bigger and better things. Cincinnati is one of those universities that they always seem to be the stepping stone for another uh, coach. Mm-hmm. You go there, you get yourself ready to go, and somebody big comes and gets you. Um, I like Cincinnati. I think it's another one of those schools that it is a lot better than what people want to give it credit for. Mm-hmm. They produce a ton of NFL talent. That's what Ohio, they do. Baby. I mean, yeah. you're getting it in. Mm-hmm. And now they're coming to the Big 12, and now they won't have Luke Fickle. That was one of the biggest reasons why I wanted him in the Big 12 is because he's a doggone good coach. But he decided he wanted to go to the Big 10. We've all just talk, talked about Wisconsin and how we think that's a great college to be at. It is. As far as coaching, you're going to get those big humans, as they like to talk about. You're going to have a good running game, and you're going to get a decent quarterback. They always have just the, the, the right level of expectation there. Now, the – He's going to be able to bring in some really good play callers. He's going to bring in some really good coaches with him. Oh, yeah. So they're going to be a problem in that Big Ten. They're going to be to be reckoned with because they're a team that I've always liked. Every time I look up, I'm like, I'll pick Wisconsin to be in there. I'll pick Wisconsin. This year, not so much. I mean, they had to go through some things. Obviously, they fired their coach. But I think he's going to be the guy to help turn it around. And I guarantee you, it's not going to take him as long because there is talent there. Yeah, and then there wasn't a huge, long drought or anything going on there. It was kind of like you said, they were recently very competitive. Very. Talking about for the Big Ten title competitive. So I agree with you on that. There's a lot of rumors, guys, that Urban Meyer may follow up Luke Fickle. At Cincinnati? At Cincinnati. Oh, my goodness. Remember, he, I think he's a Cincinnati guy. I mean, yeah, he's a Cincinnati graduate. He, he went to the University no, of Cincinnati. I, I, really? Yeah. Oh. He's a Cincinnati graduate, I thought. Uh, here we go. Let's see what happens. I can't wait. His son, Nate Meyer, is a student assistant under Fickle. Well. And Cincinnati's going to the Big 12, as there, you mentioned. Oh, you know, here we go. He wanted I'm to just, be in the Big 12 this, anyway, this right? The, this is what the rumor mills are saying up there. out that money. Yes, yeah, true. But he's, you know he's looking for a reclamation. You know he doesn't want to go out the way he did yeah. as a laughing stock with the Jaguars. He doesn't want to do no, that. No, no. Yeah, he wants to. So I could see him maybe for two or three years saying, hey, man, I'll give y'all two or three years. To, yeah. you know, I'll, 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 I'll try to leave on top. I'll get y'all to, you know. I'll get 11. y'all into the Big 12 on good, decent footing. Yep. So you're not a, you know. Yeah. Yes, what about yeah, this exactly. thing? What about Brian Harline? Hairline, well, not Harline. Yeah. A Harson? No, Brian Hartland. Hartline. Oh, oh the, the wide, wide receivers, receivers coach. coach. Okay. What about him? Uh, He's Ohio State guy. They but, love him. But Brian Day is not going anywhere, it doesn't seem to be. Although no. all these people keep asking for him to get fired because that's they not. lost to Michigan back-to-back years. But, yeah, yeah that's the game you got to win. That's why like I said. It's, <laughs> it's a sport fan base. Yeah. That's one of those games. That's you got you, you to win, win or you can't get beat. Like, you can't have a streak of getting beat in yeah. that rivalry game. It, yeah. it hurts you. Ask Mac Brown. So, I was yeah, here with Mac exactly. Brown at that streak. People were like, Mac's got to go. It's like, Mac's winning 10 games. Oh, man, he can't beat Bob Stoops. He's got to go. And that's, that's a reality. That is the that's truth. That's a reality. That is the truth. So, yeah, there's another name to think about. I know okay. what you're talking about, Urban Meyer, but – He's from Ohio as well, big-time recruiter. He's done a great job with recruiting. You see the 
wide receivers he keeps bringing in to Ohio State, they all show up. Yeah, They all make plays. So that's another name to pay attention to. Uh, How about this one, guys? Colorado reportedly has offered uh, Deion Sanders the head coaching job. Mm. I don't think – this is the thing. I I think Deion could go there and be successful, but I think Deion's waiting for – a bigger shoe to drop. I think, the, I think Dion knows that somebody out there, remember Charles Barkley has recently said it's an SEC team that highly coveted Dion, but I don't know how many SEC It can't be Auburn. It can't be Auburn because, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. But Dion was offered the Colorado job. Um, and he you, said there was others as well. I, I'm sure there are. I mean, I would hire Dion. This, this is the reason I would hire Dion. It's pretty simple, first of all. He can recruit like a son of a gun. Mm-hmm. He was able to get the uh, the kid. Was it Travis, Travis Hunter? Hunter? Yep. Who was basically was kind of a Florida State. Right, saw him as a Florida State guy. Ended yep. up getting flipped to an HBCU, Jackson State, which is seen as unfathomable mm-hmm. um, to get the number one recruit in the country. Uh, hell, he got game day. Yep. To come cover Jackson State and HBCU, he he can definitely get him to come to your Power Five, wherever that wherever may that be. is. So yep. the guy can promote like a son of a gun, man. He really can. So he's and he's he talking went about twenty six and five. He went twenty six. He, he and actually five. can win, but he, I'm talking. About, so I'm just assuming he doesn't win because right. the, the thing is like, well, well, he ain't he ain't coached at the highest level. So what if he doesn't win? So let's just say he doesn't win. Let's say he's a disaster. That there's way. a lot of people. My point is, that. he's gonna get he's gonna get more promotion for your university than any other coach before then. Added value. You know you're gonna leave with your coffers full of talent if he just fails there miserably. You're gonna you have so much talent there. The next coach is gonna come in and win right away if you hire the right guy. Yeah. You also know he's gonna bring in NFL caliber coaches. Already got Zimmer there. All right, at mm-hmm. Jackson State, he's gonna bring he's in. He's got your, your boy got Brewster. Brewster. Yep, he's got yep, Brew, yep. so he can bring in high caliber recruiting um, an assistant coach at the college level too. And he think about this house. He's got he's got a recruiting footprint yep. in every major recruiting mecca in the country. Georgia, who drafted by the Falcons. He's from Florida. Yep. He, he's in he's in Mississippi right now. And he was in Texas yep. with the Cowboys. He can go anywhere in the country and recruit because of his name, but he's got footprints oh, literally yeah. in some of the best recruiting grounds in the country. Oh, man, I'd hire him right now. Because like I said, even if he fails, he, we're going to fail upward. With him. Oh, for sure. But if he fails, we'll fire him because he only won, yeah. you know, 10, 25% of his games or whatever. But we're going to have so much free publicity and we're going to have so much talent from, from Dion that we'll be better off anyway than some other coach who I would have hired and he'd have failed and we left, you know, SOL. Yeah. Starting from, you know, starting from the point zero or negative point. And I agree with you through all of that. The one thing that I don't agree with you with is let's say he does go there and fail. How many times do you give all these other guys a chance to fail? Let him fail and continue to fail until he can turn it like, around. Because like a, you said, I'm he's going to bring scenario. it in. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't, I'm with you. I don't think he's yeah. going to fail. Yeah. But no, And I think I think for him, though, yeah, Colorado may not be the right. Because you're like, all right, well, this was a program that's really down. So I got to start out. But and he would then, look like a miracle worker. He would, he but Yeah, but I mean, like, if you say he's going <laughs> to recruit well, you're still sitting there probably getting, you know, a four or five win season next year, six win season, maybe get bowl eligible. And then you're like, all right, if he goes mm-hmm. in his third season, he has a nine, 10 win season. Now he's three years in and nobody cares. And he starts to lose a little bit of that shine. Cause they're just like, Oh now he's just another coach. Now we don't love him as much. I think if he goes to a bigger program, he can make bigger impact and stay being Deion Sanders and being that guy. Yeah, I and think, it's just Pac-12 too. Like, no, yeah. I'm just about Pac-12, to say like that, that would be the that only conference, way. Because yeah, like he's an East Coast Agreed. guy. That's yeah. like, I he's back. on the East Coast. Yeah. <laughs> I just think he, he wants to go to a more relevant. Yeah. He wants to make yeah. a bigger splash. And I think he knows he can do it. And he may not. You may have to wait out one more year to do it. Yeah. You may have I, to wait for another cycle of coach. Yeah. You know but I, I mean? think like yeah, if he went ACC even, 
So yeah, even if you're not saying it's SEC, if he yeah. went ACC, I think it'd be he could do his, something. His stomping grounds, right? Yeah. Georgia, Florida, man, Dion acting the yeah, fool up there. Yeah, he he knows and exactly what oh, to do. Man, I, I don't know what's taking. I'm with you. I don't know what's taking so long. I'd hire Dion quick, fast, in a hurry. Uh, for a lot, but I'm a Dion. I'm, I'm obviously we're nice. all Dion. I grew fans. up a Dion That's fan. Right. I wore 21 right. because I'm a Dion fan. So uh, let's talk about uh, the other Matt Rule, uh, the other big yep. hire, yep. Matt Rule. He has been officially hired as the Nebraska head coach. Uh, what do you say, gentlemen? Agree? Uh, I think it's. I think it's a great hire. I think it's I a home run hire. Okay. I think it's a home run hire. I know that we've seen him build programs up. Now people can say, well, he tore hmm. down Carolina. No, Carolina was trash before. Don't forget they fired their – I mean, they had to get rid of the owner. They had to get him out of there because of some stuff that was happening off the field. So I look at Matt Rule as one of those guys that understands what the task is at hand. Look what he did to Temple. Look what he did to Baylor, and now he's going to have that opportunity at Nebraska. Eight years. He's got an eight-year deal, Ooh. $72 million. It's, Yeah, it's hard, yeah. To, it's hard to get coaches up there, though, I think. Right. I think that's why they had to sign him to yeah, a big deal. They had to. Yeah. Because uh. it's going to take some time, too. I mean, it's not like Nebraska's that bad. It's just that the coaching style from what we were hearing before was he wasn't doing his job. That's Frost. Frost was in love with players that he shouldn't have been in love with. So now there's another opportunity to bring in a guy that's going to understand what it's like to be in the transfer portal, number one, because mm-hmm. that was going to be the thing that I was going to say about Dion. Dion going to be able to get some people on the transfer oh, portal. what? Wherever, they, wherever he ends well, up. Sell sand to a yeah, beach. Yeah, exactly. You're going to believe in what we talk yeah. about here. <laughs> got to believe. No, I'm with you. I, I, I totally agree. I like the Matt Ruhai for a couple of reasons. Um I, we've seen Matt Rule, and I always said the NFL game and the college game are just two different yep. games altogether. I mean, ask guys like Nick Saban. It just is. Some guys can have success at both levels, uh, but some coaches, uh, it, it just doesn't fit. Their mentality just doesn't translate. But Matt Rule, what I really like about it, if I was hiring a coach, one of the little things I would look at if I was a GM or if I was an athletic director, right? Because everybody's got their uh, certain traits they're looking for in a head coach that they covet. It's like, oh, man, I think this could lead to a really good program builder. I like what I call the um, kind of the Belichickian trait. Uh, most coaches in football at the highest levels, college and pro, mm-hmm. they've only coached one phase of the game. That's it. They have coached offense, defense, special teams. They never venture outside of that phase. Um, their entire career is spent in one phase of the game. There are a few coaches though that hop around. Yep. And I mean, they end up going yep. to different phases. They play. They they'll coach you know special teams. They'll coach defense. They'll go somewhere coach offense. And I think it gives you a more well-rounded knowledge of the game, right? It gives it's like that person that ends up becoming a manager of a hotel. Be started out as a busboy and started out, you know what I mean, cleaning the rooms and started out mm-hmm. and working in the kitchen and then he went to work in service and then he went to concierge. Worked his way all the way up to he knows how to work every area of that hotel he knows how every part of it works all the inner workings and i think some guys when they can get a more well-rounded uh you know knowledge base of the game i think it helps them belichick's the most famous example belichick at one point for the lions he coached wide receivers and dbs he was a uh yeah but he was he, he coached a lot of different spots uh he went special teams so basically he's coached every phase of the game special teams offense and defense at the nfl level that is extremely rare uh, Matt Rule's one of those guys, too. That's what I love about him. Matt Rule has coached, uh, you go look at him, he's coached linebackers, D-line, special teams, been a run game coordinator, associate head coach, quarterbacks, 
offensive line, been OC, tight ends coach, uh, <laughs> head coach. He's coached everything except DBs, wide receivers, and running backs. Yep. And I think that's it helps him uh, have these these kind of uh, program uh, rebuilds like Temple and Baylor. Yep. I think it helps them construct these programs from the ground up and, and manage them from the top down because of his, uh, his well-rounded knowledge base of the game. There are a few guys. Uh, John Harbaugh is one of these guys. Yeah, Harbaugh's uh, great. He's one of those guys. Brian Dabble actually kind of fits in the category. Pete Carroll does too. Um, and it's not a lot, but early on in their careers or at some point they you know went into a different phase of the game. And I think most of it's to seek knowledge. Belichick actually makes his coaches do it. Uh, that's why Brian Dabble, he did it on Belichick's staff. Yep. On Belichick's staff, that's when he was on as a defensive assistant, and uh, actually Josh McDaniels. It doesn't always work out. Yeah, Matt uh, Patricia. <laughs> Matt Patricia. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't mm-hmm. always work out. Right. Uh, <laughs> but it's just a trait I like. Yeah, Josh McDaniels was a defensive assistant too. Sometimes right? you got to pace yourself. That's not really working out. Yeah, yeah, it's just one of my things. Anyway, <laughs> uh, let's get to the flex coming up on the other side. We'll talk some Central uh, Texas high school football playoffs and give you uh, some of the great content over there on the flex right here on Ball Don't Lie, one hundred four nine the Horn. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. And right now it's time for, speaking of ball not lying, time for our Flex 45 segment. We're going to get into uh, the FLXATX.com website. Uh, got some great content up there for you, including, it's time, folks, the All Flex Top 3. That's right. We're rolling it out uh, right now. The All Flex Top 3, the top three players at each position in our All Flex area here in Central Texas, which is most of Central Texas. Uh, but make sure that it's got to be in the all-flex area, so if you don't get some love, sometimes it's because they're not in the all-flex area. Uh, but we'll be uh, announcing the all-flex uh, team, the uh, all-flex top three, I should say, at every position, all throughout the week. Uh, we're starting with the O-line and D-line today, so give the O-line and D-line some love. Uh, top three, Ian Reed, the Vandergrift offensive lineman, all makes it uh, Harker Heights offensive lineman, Jaden Chapman. Uh, makes it as well, and uh, T.J. Shanahan, the Westlake offensive lineman, big dog. That's our all flex uh, offensive lineman. Our top three all flex top three offensive lineman, uh, D lineman, uh, Ansel Nadore, yep. uh, the Round Rock defensive lineman, uh, Westlake defensive lineman Colton Vasek, uh, and the Mainer defensive line prospect Prince Will Uman Uman Mielin, uh, also makes it. That's our all flex top three defensive line. So go yeah. to flxatx.com and you can go check out the uh, the all flex top three. Some big big boys over there. Some big boys over there. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, some pretty talented uh, defensive prospects actually. Yeah. I mean, you know, all these guys are going to be playing at the next level. I do remember Snoop saying that was one of the top uh, talent areas, uh, top talent rich positions, I should say, in the Central Texas this year was a D lineman. I remember talking about that early on in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, congrats to those guys uh, who end up making our all-flex top three for the O-line and D-line, uh, Ansel Nadori. I-, I told you that round rock defense was going to be good you this did. year. They were you really did. good, man. Uh, obviously, uh, obviously, season ended a little sooner than they thought, um, but man, that defense was, was honestly, they were the lifeblood of that team uh, most of the year. Uh, and We know Colton Vasek's story. Uh, he is now going to uh, play at the next level. And made a good decision for himself. Well, yeah, I mean, 
Yeah. Ain't nothing like it, right? Uh, playing now, uh, now flipping his commitment from the Sooners, uh, he will be uh, pledging his commitment to the University of Texas. Okay, uh, okay, uh, yeah. And uh, Prince Will Emanuelin, um, I know he has, he's got he's got good genes. He's got a brother that plays in Florida, Florida I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's gonna be playing at the next level too. Is he already verbally committed? Uh, that I do not know. Okay. I've been waiting to hear that even more so. Right. I'm sure that the Flex crew will hit us I'll and some, let us know. We'll do some research. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, go check out flxatx.com. They got some great content up there for you. Those guys are working really hard. Shout out to my man Snoop Snoop, JJ Dunn, um, and Zach Lucero working hard, Nolan the Seed working hard over there. Um, those guys have been doing great work. Uh, also Derek, of course. That's uh, right. Also That's working right. really That's hard right. for That's those right. guys. So uh, they've been doing great work all season long. And then just end with the football. Remember, when we're done with the football. Uh, so they also... Uh, are going to be having all flex volleyball team get we did that to show some love uh, to the volleyball players in the area and they're trying I believe to make sure that all different sports get representation we're gonna have basketball and baseball I believe yeah, is gonna be so. happening here pretty soon exactly so it's so. not just football don't just think that I mean the flex who cares about uh, high school sports period and making sure young people get their just due all right uh, we'll get to uh, the break here we'll come back get some Cowboys news notes and nuggets big win over the Giants we'll talk about what that means for the Cowboys uh, also so NFL Week 12 review and Odell Beckham Jr. What happened? Like, what was that? That's a weird, strange story, isn't it? Uh, yeah, for sure. Okay, we got to get yeah, into that. Cause for that's sure. A, thanks to Cowboys, because the Cowboys, I'm assuming, were in the Odell Beckham Jr. sweepstakes. Maybe they were. I don't know if they're in it anymore. They still are. They, they better are. be. All they right. better be. <laughs> we'll get into that on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie. I want to fool on the home.